and welcome to No Load Time, episode 47. My name is Ovid Bliss, and with me is the most interesting man in the world, Joel Young. Yo, what's up, No Load Time? Good to be back with you. Obed, I think I'm finally starting to uh, cool off from all the Avengers uh, viewings that I've had, but I've got the itch, so I'm probably going to go back and see it again. Man, the movie's good. Yeah, it's it's good. I can't wait to see it again. Um, I can't wait to come out for it to come out on Blu-ray. I think that's it's probably just going to be pretty soon. Uh, judging by how Black Panther just it's dropping next week. So I know. yeah, our so review I, last week was a lot of fun. So if you guys didn't see that episode, it was really really big. Yeah, yeah, definitely spoiler warning, spoiler heavy. So if you guys don't want to uh, get spoiled on the movie, just listen to it at, at, at your own risk. <laughs> uh, Joel, uh, we're just going to go ahead and make the uh, quick announcement about our E3 plans again. Um, so on uh, Thursday, June 7th, that episode is going to be our E3 predictions. I know that there's already a bunch of leaks out there, a bunch of stuff coming out. Uh, we are going to talk about some of that today, but uh, remember to tune in, tune in on, on June 7th for that episode. And then uh, on June... 11th that's that following monday at 8 p.m we will come to you guys live on our youtube channel so we will have a live uh stream with our thoughts and reactions from the weekend and we will do a live reaction of the sony press conference on that monday assuming it is on monday uh, because there's things changing uh, Square Enix announced their press conference for same day at 1 p.m. Eastern time on, on that same Monday. EA is going to do their event on Saturday the 9th. And we all know that Microsoft and, Beth and Bethesda are going to be doing their presentations on Sunday the 10th. So we're going to try and give you guys uh, or, or some quick reactions on what happened. Because on that, then following Thursday the 14th, we are going to come in and do our full recap. So stay tuned, guys. Don't miss it. I'm real excited, Joel. I'm real excited for the live stream, man. I, I can't wait for that. It's going to be a special experience because usually it's like when we, you know, when we uh, do these podcasts, we have time to kind of think and digest. You're going to get in this situation instant reactions from us. Uh, and it's going to be news to you. It's going to be news to us. So it's kind of fun to kind of hang out with us and, and uh, see our reactions, and and maybe you know you guys can you know shoot us some emails or whatnot, and we'll talk about further in the episode that's going to come following, right? Because we'll do another recap after that live episode. But a lot of cool stuff going on with E three, and it's an exciting time, man. Yeah, we'll leave we'll leave the chat open if you guys tune in by any chance, and if you want to just go ahead and contribute and tell us if we suck or not <laughs> in the chat. <laughs> we'll leave it open to you guys. Just keep it civil. Uh, I can take it. I'm a big boy, so don't worry about me. Um, but yeah, guys, I I'm really excited for that, Joel. Can't wait for Monday the 11th. It's going to be a great show. And definitely you guys should tune in. I get really passionate, Joel, on the 11th, uh, especially watching the Sony conference. I usually get very, very passionate. So, uh, I mean, take it as you may. <laughs> oh, but it's going to get hyped. Yeah, yeah. Um, but we're just gonna, we're gonna go ahead and jump into some news. Just a quick bit of news that Joe, we didn't talk about before Avengers was released, and we didn't talk about it last week. But Joel, what's your um, what do you think? Uh, what do you think of James Cameron? I like I like the guy. I I respect his work. Right. Um, I know that he's opinionated. He, he has every right to do so. To you know to be opinionated. It's He's got the chops, right? He's proven time after time that he is um, up there in, in in the upper echelon of, of creators up with, you know, Lucas and Spielberg and all these guys. So he made some comments and he that's not necessarily negative, but he is wishing that there is a what he's calling a, an Avengers fatigue, which I'm translating into a, a superhero or Marvel fatigue. What do you think of these comments, Joe? 
I think I have a lot of thoughts about this, Obed. When you uh, sent this over to me, you said, let's let's talk about this, Joel. Like, we haven't addressed this. I mean, this he's come up in the news a few times for um, making comments about the superhero genre, and he has said that he wants superhero fatigue. Now he's quoted in this documentary about saying that he wants Avengers fatigue. And, um, you know, he I know when Wonder Woman uh, came out, he was a big uh, critic of Wonder Woman uh, in the sense that he was like, well – this movie is, is not as impactful. Some people are trying to say it is. And uh, he was, you know, very much saying that like, you know, this character is not the first strong female character. And it's not as strong as Sarah Connor, a lot of comparisons. And the same thing here even with this statement that he makes about the uh, Avengers, um, he starts comparing, you know, these movies and, and, and to his movies, uh, especially Avatar and he starts comparing it to the Godfather. I just, you know, I, the thoughts that I have towards James Cameron is that, like you said, Obed, I respect him as a creator because he is very talented. Uh, I, and, I, and I recognize how much knowledge he has and how skilled he is at what he does. I mean, Titanic is, a, is a, one of those, those movies that whatever you think of it, at the end of the day, you understand, like, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a huge movie. And it's a very uh, in- interesting and fascinating movie. And Avatar, of course, you know, a record, a world record kind of film, right? And, you know, he's, he's known for making these kinds of movies that are successful or interesting. Terminator, I mean, there's a lot of different stuff that this guy hasn't been involved in, stuff I'm not even listening, right? But with that being said, it's just because somebody is good at their craft doesn't mean we start hailing them as a god and everything that they say is, is right. And um, I think that's what needs to be understood with the statements that James Cameron's making here. I, I think he's completely wrong. Um, I think he is completely out of touch. Obed is the wording I would say with the moving going uh, the mover, movie going audiences, and I think that his uh, his criticism is just simply unfair. Simply because he's looking at a perspective of these movies are all the same, and they're simply not. These movies are not all the same. Guardians of the Galaxy is not Iron Man, and Iron Man is not the Dark Knight. Absolutely not. Uh, and, and and each of these movies come out different times but there's a lot of different flavors that they're making some appeal more to others and that's what makes it so impactful when you watch a movie like infinity war because people who love black panther will watch this movie and they care no licks about dr strange but somebody who's maybe a big thor fan because nothing at all about you know captain america is still watch these movies the marvel has given us flavors uh and and i think that's why they've kept the superhero genre is so strong. I think that's why even other competitors, you talk about Warner Bros. and DC and, you know, uh, Fox, what they were doing, obviously, we'll get to that and also in a little bit, but, you know, X-Men and whatnot. Like, I think they they need in this this day and age with what Marvel's done this last decade, 10 years of, of films, they need them to be successful and they have been successful. But there's a powerful statement that you said to me, Obed, when we talked about this, and I want you to bring this up about talking about how it's like how it doesn't get old. Uh, if you could elaborate, on this, it was really strong what you said. Yeah, yeah. So um, here's the problem, right? We can get fatigued with the DC movies. Like if if it was if we would be getting the DC movies over and over again with the, the hidden miss and or the X Men movies, because the X Men movies at one point did get fatigued. Absolutely. Like after the third movie, when when Wolverine Origins or X Men Origins Wolverine came out, that you you felt the fatigue. Massive stop. Yeah, the the franchise was you were getting fatigued on that. Uh, the and, and and again, you're just going back. You know, James Cameron, man. Uh, the the first Terminator movie. I, it's one of my my personal favorite movies ever. Definitely top in my top ten. Uh, it's uh, fantastic. I absolutely love that movie. So I really respect James Cameron as creator. Um, the, what I told you is that it's really hard to get fatigued when the product's so good. So it's really hard. It's really hard to get tired. Exactly. Of, <laughs> it's it's like <laughs> it's like pizza, right? Yeah. It's like like you you're not gonna if you have good pizza. You can have good pizza every week and not get tired of it. Exactly, Obed. So, and that's the same thing with the Marvel movies, right? Marvel, Marvel has been very, very consistent with their movies, and 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 it's hard to get fatigued on them. We've seen franchise fatigue from X Men. We've definitely seen it with DC, EU, but but when it comes to Marvel, I thought we were going to get fatigued when they released that, you know, schedule. I thought that by, by age of Ultron, 
we were going to be like, ah, here we go again, and more Marvel movies. No. And it just kept hit after hit after hit. Actually, like, when I thought the Marvel movies were going to get, we were going to get fatigued, they got better. Like, (laughs) after Age of Ultron, we got Guardians of the Galaxy, we got Ant-Man, Civil War. Man, it's like, it even got better. So, I mean, I, I can see where he's coming from, but at the same time, like you said, it definitely shows a disconnect. It shows that he has very little knowledge of this product. And I think that if he sits down and watches the entirety of, of the MCU right now, I think he would be pleasantly surprised with and impressed with how they have been able to keep this universe you know, as, as cohesive as they have, and at the end of the day, how how high quality this product is. So, and, and oh, but I was just to say, like these. I think another recipe for success for the way these movies are is that they're fun. Like these are movies, yeah, there's, yeah. We live in, and not to get like into the world that we live in, but there's some crazy stuff that goes on, and you go to the movies and you watch these movies and you just have a fun time. It's an exactly. escape. It's a and it's being and it's being delivered in a fun way. It was all movies that people classify as fun, and they're just kind of ridiculous. Uh, I could talk about certain franchises that are just built on explosions and nothing more. But these movies are legitimately (laughs) – you said it a little bit. (laughs) But these movies are actually genuinely fun. Um, And I remember we had a conversation one time where you were were telling me about, like, I guess, like, this guy that – it was on YouTube or something where like he showed like his grandmother or something for like the first time, whatever, like the first Avengers movie or something. And she was so happy. She was like, this is the best movie ever. Like she was just having, and it's like, this is an old, I don't know how old this lady. She was, was, she was pretty old. She was up there. Yeah. Yeah, She was probably in her eighties. Yeah. And she, and she's having fun watching these movies and bring a smile to their face. That's what these movies do. So exactly. like you're saying the product, it's like you I think it's like it's being out of touch, not understanding like these movies are it's not just about oh there's they're they're good, they're fun movies, they're an escape, they're with what's going on in the world. Um yeah, James Cameron just needs to needs to chill out and not make these comparisons on the record. He's entitled to having his opinion. I think everyone is entitled to their opinion. I'm a big believer in that kind of you know, that you can have your opinions and, and your, your thoughts and those kinds of things. But as for me, Obed, that that that's my thoughts towards James Cameron and, and what he said. You know, great creator, out of touch with these statements. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, we'll see how Avatar two, three, four, and five. How many are there? Gosh, it looks like <laughs> six of them or some crazy thing. Yeah, there may be like four of them at the same time, or, or yeah, some ridiculous. One's thing underwater. Like that. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, talk about fatigue right there. I mean, nobody asked for Avatar two. <laughs> I mean, talk about not striking while the iron's hot. <laughs> it's Ten years later, holy crap! <laughs> Savage Obed's back. Oh, hey, you know what? As E three gets closer, it's gonna it's gonna happen. It's gonna keep happening. This <laughs> <laughs> is gonna last another about month and a half, probably. <laughs> Get ready, guys. Strap in. Yeah. Um. But yeah. But it's you know what? He's entitled to his opinion, and like I said, he is a great creator. I respect his work. Um, a little bit out of touch, but you know, I, I still like the guy. <laughs> uh, Joe, just moving on real quick. Um, talk about not not having to celebrate, and you have been very very cautious about this. And I, I think uh, I'm going to share my opinions, but uh, Comcast is still trying to block the the Disney acquisition of 21st Century Fox. They came in with a cash offer on this past Monday, and nothing else. I haven't heard any updates, so I don't think this is not necessarily going anywhere, but probably not even a thing. But what what do you think of what could happen out of this, Joel? Um... You know, Obed, what's transpiring here is is just simply um, Comcast trying to stop Disney from becoming a monopoly. So what we when we talked about, you know, earlier in uh, you know earlier in the year, or it was earlier it was earlier this year also that we talked about this where the deal officially was being said to happen that hey, Disney Twenty First Century Fox 
and Disney were going to have this, you know, Disney's going to have the acquisition of 21st Century Fox and that they were looking to, um, you know, get all the IPs, including you know, obviously Avatar and including, um, you know, the, the Marvel characters that are not a part of Marvel Studios because they were under Fox. And I remember saying this to you, Obed, like, this deal is not, I've said it on the podcast a few times, like, this deal doesn't go through until the end of this year. That's why we won't see any of these characters or anything to do with these characters until next year or maybe even the year after, because they may just go to production with things next year, right? So I remember, like, I've been on the record, Obed, you can watch last episodes, you know this, like, every time people were like, oh my gosh, like, I'm telling you, Marvel's trying to factor in the X-Men. They're trying to do all the stuff. I was like, chill out. This deal's not even done yet. Like, it's not – when I say it's done, like, it's a gentleman's handshake. But the government, there's a lot of different uh, legal, you know, documents and different things that have to be drafted to make this a smooth acquisition. You know, Disney is, is a very reputable, very strong business. They're going to make sure they get – Oh, I can imagine how many attorneys. I'd hate to be an attorney working on this right now. This is probably like a ridiculous <laughs> amount of stuff that they have to work yeah. on. Yeah, talk about talk about pressure, man. It's crazy, right? You can't have any any loopholes in here. But like, with that being the case, if it's a, just a gentleman's handshake, what stops anyone else from trying to come in and say like, we're not going to let Disney do this? They're just going to take over the world, you know, that kind of monopoly mindset. So. Yeah, Comcast is really just trying to do anything that they can to slow it down or just to dissolve it as much as they can. I don't think that they're targeting the Marvel characters, so I don't have any issues with – I don't think there's going to be anything that's going to hold that up at all. Um, I believe from what I've been reading and understanding from Forbes and these other um, financial um, investigative you know, type of journalism – is really just understanding that they're trying to see how they can affect Disney from a streaming service platform because they know the future of, of you know, just what we're going to be having of, of media yeah, is going to be streaming. Yeah, it's going to be mostly digital in the next. I mean, it's it. I would dare to say it is already there. Um, but I'd in say the three next three years. Yeah, but in the next. Yeah, I'd say I'd say in the next in the next three to five years. Yeah. Um, it's going to be even bigger. Yeah. Dra drastic changes. So they understand any reasonable or technological person can look at the future and say, this is what it is. So I think that as a business, they're saying like the future is streaming. And if Disney gets all these assets from now, when that future becomes a reality, they're going to have so much under their belt. They get, With this deal, they would basically own Hulu. They would have the majority of Hulu which once when you're the majority owner, you're basically the owner of the whole thing, right? Like the other guys don't really have a say at the, at the table. Um, so, you know, and it basically probably do that just to shut it down to merger with their Disney thing or whatever, whatever. They, I don't know what fully, but whatever Disney's doing, they're just smart because they understand the streaming media. So when I look at this Comcast breakdown, it's really, I think they're just trying to go after some properties or streaming rights or what have you. And if, if, Anything comes out of this, I can see that Comcast maybe changes the Disney deal where they get certain things that Fox says, yeah, we, we're going to sell this part to you and sell this part to Disney, um, which wouldn't be a good move just yeah. because I believe Disney can and would retaliate against Comcast. We'll get to that in a second. But, um, yeah, I think that, that definitely Disney is confident that this is not going to change anything. In fact, Bob Iger went on the record to – um, I want to say, you know, I forget which, which, uh, financial, um, journal journals, uh, you know, we went to, but he basically came out, actually did address the situation personally and said that Disney is confident that this, that the deal that they agreed to will stand. And, and so that's when Bob Iger comes out saying like, Hey, it's not going to change. That's, that's a pretty big deal. So he's, he's very confident about this. And, you know, if, if, uh, if that's the case, then it will probably will continue, but this doesn't surprise me. Oh, but I told you this deal was not done yet. I told you that they weren't doing anything yet with the Marvel Fox stuff. We just all need to take a chill pill. Let's wait till the end of this year and see how this develops. Yeah, uh, it's it's definitely definitely something that this guy is working on this deal, like you mentioned. Um, talk about pressure, man. They this is this has to be on you know just to to be uh, it's unimaginable. Uh, but going into what 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 you said is they they could maybe there may be a split 
Possibly. I mean, uh, there could definitely be, hey, listen, Disney, I know that you won this because they own, you know, a, a, a good fourth of the Marvel characters uh, for movie rights and whatnot. And, and maybe so I, I, I see I see Disney definitely getting the Marvel out of it, out of this, of whatever the outcome is, uh, because I don't think that Comcast will want to just keep the back and forth between you know Disney and and uh, and Fox and, and trying to get this this characters to uh, these properties to be able to keep doing stuff with them I, I think that that's f for me done and done is that in and, and of course Disney will get full rights of the original Star Wars trilogy including whatever other pieces of Star Wars media Fox produced um, that were not part of the necessarily part of the Lucasfilm deal. Um, the other, the only other part of the deal that I see coming over is Avatar because of James Cameron already being involved with Disney in, you know, theme park stuff and, and some distribution stuff, I believe. So that, that I could see, right? Whatever happens to the rest of the properties, who knows? I mean, that's going to be up in the air. Um, but yeah, going back to what you said, I, this is all about streaming. This is all about um, Comcast be wanting to be able to compete against Disney when this deal's done in a in a uh, in a streaming um, platform uh, because their their platform the the for sure Comcast is already b building some sort of streaming platform. I know that they already have some stuff out there, but Universal has. A lot, a lot of content. I mean, they've had over a hundred years of content that they can put out there on a streaming service. Same with Disney, right? Close to uh, you know a hundred years of of content that they can start putting up on a streaming service. But at the same time, you know, you you, you need these properties. You need uh, you know properties that appeal, that bring money, that bring people, for you to be a ha to have a, a competitive platform, uh, which is we've seen it with Netflix, Netflix, you know, they do have a partnership with Disney right now. Who knows what that's going to be after, after all this happens. Um, but at the end of the day, that's, that's what it is, right? We're, we're gearing up for the streaming wars. And what's, what I think, I think what's interesting right now is like, if for some reason Comcast was to get in the way of Disney's plans and really tr do something that could affect Disney, that would make them very, um, you know whatever their their goal that disney was you know trying to get with these assets you had mentioned this to me oh but like it would be a dumb move because disney can easily retaliate and they can easily say like guess what all of all of our disney channel and whatever it's not going to be on comcast and just pull it they can easily do that I'm not saying they would but i'm saying they could easily do that if they get salty and say like hey look you took this from us we're going to take this from you so I just think that I think there will be a lot of background negotiating even between the three of these companies. I'm yeah. sure Disney's going to start talking to Comcast and be like, hold on a second. What do you guys want? What's really going on here? But at the end of the day, having these streaming platforms, if that's what the war is really on, then you understand that each of these guys know that they're going to have their own platforms. And that's whoever has the most on their platform is going to make the most money. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think it's going to be a good thing at the end of the day, whatever happens. Um, yeah, like like you mentioned, um, Disney could easily say, "Hey, so you know, you you soured the deal for us. We're gonna take away, you know, the Disney Channel properties. We're gonna take away ESPN, ABC, and and, and we'll block and we'll block like the NBA Finals or something, you know, from your broadcast. They they could they could. They could. So." You know what's what's more important to Comcast? You know, having uh, people happy or having, you know, all these properties that they can add to a streaming service. Um, but it's like, like I've always said, you know, when we talk about consoles, right, and gaming, competition uh, sparks innovation. So uh, I would say, Joel, in in twenty twenty, like like we're we're gearing up for the streaming wars. And once all these platforms are set and they start com really competing against each other, that's when uh, that's where we're going to see it. That's where we're going to see maybe prices go down, better content, which 
I can I can only imagine what the content's going to be because content right now is like I can, I can't keep up. I know. Yeah, like like there's so many things to watch. Like TV is the best it's ever been, and and I barely watch TV. And you have your home theater set up now. It basically is if you're in a movie theater, you have the the, the sound quality in your house or whatever. Like it's the future. Yeah, you have nice TVs, good you know video quality, good sound. It's uh, man. Uh, so I can't, I can't wait to see what comes out of all this. I know that I know that Netflix is is gearing up for it. That's why their prices have gone up. They're they're putting money in the bank because they're I think they're getting ready to make. They're foreseeing what's coming and and they're very they're playing it very very smart and safe, and they're getting ready to watch to come for what's to come. And hopefully Netflix can even acquire some properties because. I know that they're they're really trying to reach out to you know uh, the the nerd community and the geek community. They they're bringing on a lot of exclusive anime. They're bringing gaming documentaries. They're uh, bringing a, a lot of stuff you know gaming related, like you know the Castlevania series and and all these stuff that they're uh, that they're doing. So I think I think that Netflix they they have it down. Um, and they're making a lot of original content, almost like HBO yeah, style yeah. on their own. So it's really impressive. Yeah, we're talking about you know, uh, but Stranger Things. That's probably the most successful even TV movie, show right now. Even movies, they're getting like Hollywood directors to make movies. Bright, you know, directed by David Ayer, and like yeah. they're they're getting like oh. directors to come oh. in. <laughs> and all those awful Adam Sandler movies. Well, that's another whole, that's a whole other podcast, no oh. man. <laughs> <laughs> so that's another podcast. That's great. Yeah. Oh man, those are not good. Those are not good. What's they paid him a lot of money for? That. They did. I don't know how how this uh, keep getting stuff. Yeah. Well, he got out of that Sony contract that he had. That he had to make like a million movies, and they had like a ton of money. <laughs> Why would I don't know who would? I, yeah. I don't even know. I don't, I don't know. It's the uh, yeah, where comedians go to die. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah, or where nineties comedians go to die. Um, <laughs> But yeah, we'll see what comes out of this. Uh, I'm still hoping, like we mentioned, like you mentioned, this there was already a, a gentleman's accord uh, that was that was done between uh, you know uh, Bob Iger and uh, and the uh, um, owner, the executive of Fox. The, the name escapes the uh, um, that British uh, family that that owns um, uh, News Corp, basically. Yep. So. Um, We'll we'll see. Uh, I'm still rooting for for Disney, man. I know that it's huh, it's a it's a corporation. And it's big, but at the same time, they they really know how to treat their properties. So, what better way to keep some of these you know iconic properties safe? It definitely with Disney. So, still hoping for them. Awesome. Uh, yep, Joe Thanos. He's yeah, a, man. He's a, he's a pretty strong guy, right? <laughs> yeah, dude. So this uh, <laughs> over this last uh, Monday, I want to say it was, um, there uh, Marvel and Fortnite had a team up, and Fortnite basically brought on the character of Thanos. You can get the Infinity Gauntlet and become Thanos in the game, and use the 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 gauntlet and the stones. And Obed, I think the biggest thing about this story is it's this it's a story of a beautiful partnership between and beautiful collaboration between two companies that understand their own properties, understand how big each other are, and are willing to play nice and work together and help each other's franchises just dominate. And it's you I think the headlines were equal for both of them. It was Fortnite, 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 and Thanos, 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 and Marvel is happy, and I'm sure Fortnite is happy, and I can imagine how ridiculous those servers were. I heard some stories about people trying to get on there, <laughs> um, but yeah, I love like how you look at the gameplay for for playing Thanos in Fortnite, and like they didn't take it too serious. It's super like chill. He's very overpowered, but that's nothing new in that sense. I mean, but I mean like. It's it's just such a he's, he he does his his own uh, emotes and dances and whatever and it's like they just had fun with it and I think a lot of people really got into it. I saw a lot of really great gameplay videos of guys. I know the first person to kill Thanos had to do some ridiculous amount of stuff because if 
you became Thanos, there was no escaping him. Like he would take you out pretty quick. Um, so it was he was super super powered. But yeah, and it's a story of a beautiful collaboration, a beautiful partnership, and I'm really cool. It's really cool to see what they did. What do you think, Obed? Yeah, he got he got nerfed last night. I heard that they have his um his health, and they lowered the damage that the power stone did. So so he he got nerfed because he was he was really over the top. Kind of crazy. Yeah, he was really OP. Uh, but yeah, this is talk about timing, man, because this is the biggest movie of the decade with the biggest game that's out there right now, making a collaboration. And this is like talk about perfect cross media um, uh, collaboration. It's 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 amazing. I I'm 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 very very sure that the Fortnite guys, uh, you know, Epic Games are very happy with this collaboration and uh, Disney because of the exposure is, you know, Marvel is, is very happy with the exposure as well. So this could, to me, what's, what's brilliant about this move, Joel, is that it definitely opens the door for future collaborations. Exactly. Like you can, can you imagine next year we get another, you know, Marvel collaborations when, when Avengers four comes out. Uh, maybe when Ant-Man comes out and then you can be big, you know, who knows? Yeah, exactly. Like that. Uh, and, and, and it actually opens the door to things that you can do mechanically in the game. You can, because Thanos has a super jump and the way it behaves, maybe they can add jetpacks to the game. I heard people say that. Yep. Yeah. You know, they maybe add, you know, add different new mechanics to the game that would be definitely beneficial to all of them. So, um, Man, yeah, this is perfect because they can get so much out of it and it could open the door for so many future things for Fortnite. Um, RIP PUBG, and <laughs> I'm still saying it. I'm sorry, but sorry, it's Fortnite is the future, man. But no, for, for it's the present, and uh, and and for sure. And if they keep releasing content, updating, um making it more accessible and putting it out there. Um, I'm sure that uh, that this is going to be this Fortnite's going to have has a very, very long tail. This is game just got released a few months ago. This game was in development for like eight years or something. It's something ridiculous, it's like six years, something like that. It was, um, I think it was like 2012 when it was first shown at, like an e like a closed doors e3 thing you know so it's been it's been a long time in the making and uh I'm, I'm happy that epic games are are making good with this product putting it out there for free man they didn't have to do that so you know kudos to them uh on being able to market this product in a you know in a, in a phenomenal way and you know just adding this sort of things you know it's it's pretty impressive, you know. Disney is, is usually very cautious with their cross promotion. Like even again, going back to Marvel's Capcom, it's even even that that Mar that Capcom relationship has been going on for more than twenty years, right? I mean, the first X Men Children of the Atom came out in like ninety four, maybe ninety five. So um, that's they they've had a very long relationship for over twenty years, but to see. Marvel will be confident and say, hey, you want to do a cross-promotion thing for our movie? And I'm sure that that Epic Games says, said, of course. I mean, are, are we going to say no to this? I mean, <laughs> come on. It's, just it's a match made in heaven, dude. It's like a perfect... You would think, what, Fortnite and Avengers? These are two things that are hot. And I've heard it said before, Marvel, I mean, Disney, you know, they, they are heat-seeking missiles, man. They, they recognize mm. there, there's heat on it, they're on it. So it's, it's awesome. Definitely. Uh, I can't wait to see. I'm, can I do an E3 prediction, Joe? Go for it, man. All right. Um, I think we're going to see, we're going to finally see that Avengers game that Square Enix is, is been working on for three years. That game was unveiled. Uh, I think it was late 2015, yep. early 2016. So it's about time. I think that thing is about ready. See something, a trailer, maybe gameplay. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, because they, there was only a teaser, like an announcement teaser. So yeah, it didn't show anything. Yeah, I'm sure that that game is almost done, and 
most likely I'm I'm prob I'm confident with the summer 2019 release for that game when the next Avenger hits. Um, and uh, that'd be brilliant. It, it's yeah, and you know this is Crystal Dynamics. This is the guys behind the first uh, the Tomb Raider reboot and and uh, uh, Shadow of the Tomb. Uh, um, Rise of the Tomb Raider. Shout out. Tomb Raider is the one that's coming up in September. Exactly. Uh, but that's done by Adas Montreal, which they did uh, the Arkham Origins game. Uh, so it's, it's those guys doing that game. But I'm hoping to see that game. I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic that we'll see it. So um, we'll see about that. Um, but talking about E3 um, stuff, Joel, uh, Walmart Canada pressed the wrong button on their computer Oops. like the the it guy pressed the wrong button and published um what is supposedly um a whole bunch of games that are going to be available for pre-order when e3 happens and um i'm just gonna touch upon uh, I, I really don't like to talk about you know this sort of leaks and you know quote unquote leaks and rumors, uh, but there's a couple of things that really caught my eye that I that I want to talk about. Um, so one of them actually is not listed that I have here, but I'll go over. Um, Just Cause Four, um, Just Cause Three did pretty well. Um, it was free on PS Plus um, uh, a few months ago. I think it was like January, February. Um, so we'll maybe. I, I think it's about time that game came out about three years ago. Um, the only problem that that game have had that I've heard is that it was not really optimized and you know performance was kind of choppy. Uh, of course, this was an open world game where you can do some banana stuff, so um, they can definitely work out with that engine and and make it a bit better for uh, the next iteration. Uh, I guess Splinter Cell could be making a comeback, Joel. So. That's the second time that I've actually heard um, this um, rumor because I've heard that uh, Splinter Cell is apparently going to be an Xbox timed exclusive like Tomb Raider was, but I don't think Ubisoft is up to this sort of games. So um, I, I doubt it. Uh, one that's really surprising is there's a listing for a Dragon Quest 2. I think this is Dragon Quest Builders 2. Which is, I believe, already out in Japan. Um, it's uh, slated to come out um, in uh, the US later this year, but it's listed for both Xbox One and PS4. So the the first one was a PS4 and Vita um, game. I think it came out for PC later, but um, as far as I know, um, this is a PS4 exclusive in Japan. This game is not on Xbox. Uh, most of most of the third party games. Uh, don't come out on Xbox in Japan anyway. So um, interesting to see that. Uh, there's a new LEGO DC Villains game. That could be interesting. Yeah, go ahead. No, I was going to say, uh, that that one is pretty cool because like they went that whole like LEGO Dimensions. I know that was like a really huge uh, game when that one came out. A lot of kids enjoying it. Um Interesting that they're they're going they're using the property the partnership with DC you know and making all villains game probably will be a lot of Suicide Squad characters and um, you know I know that they try and reflect the movies but still do their own thing so that that, that was pretty interesting uh, the other one I also want to bring up in here is I, I, you're going down the list but um, uh, Forza like what dude like they're always putting out these Forza games man. Yeah, and you know what's funny is that the leaks has Forza Horizon Five, and and there's no Forza Horizon Four. So that, it's, yeah, was it even what? Yeah, yeah. So so it it's supposed to be Forza Horizon Four, which is scheduled already for this year. That's pretty much confirmed out there. So and then uh, uh, Assassin's <laughs> Creed was on that list, dude, and I was like, is this? Like meaning that they're going to be maybe remaster the first Assassin's Creed because that's that's possible. But so I don't I, know. Yeah, I saw that it was like a. I saw another title that said like uh, Assassin's Creed Origins, like, like, and it had a subtitle after it. So it could either be an expansion for, 
Origins, or it could be like a Game of the Year edition sort of mm. thing. So um, that that could be that could be a possibility. Um, Gears of War Five. Here's one that's re really interesting to me because I don't think there's going to be Gears of War anytime soon. I think that there is the potential for a new Halo game um, that to be announced at E3 that'll be coming out next year. Uh, the last Gears of War came out just a year and a half ago. I really doubt that there's going to be a Gears 5 announced at all. Halo, I can definitely see that, but not Gears. Oh, I don't know. Exclusive. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, exclusive. <laughs> I remember last one. Exclusive. Yeah, I remember last year, right? Yeah, we'll talk about that in a few weeks. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And um, Borderlands 3, which I've already heard that was already in progress, and based on the leaks, this game is going to be, uh, of course, multi-platform, but it's going to be, like, advertised on Xbox. Um, and one that's really interesting, Joel, is Rage 2. Who asked for Rage 2? I don't even know, I dude. I don't know. So Rage, of course, is done by its Software, now owned by Bethesda, and it was the first game to use that uh, that. It uh, it like really robust its software engine that they developed that used used 4K textures even on PS3. The textures were 4K even though you couldn't display them, um, and th that's why that's why when you when you get like Bethesda games that use this engine like um, uh, of course Rage, the Evil Within games, and Doom, the last Doom that came out. I'm not sure if Wolfenstein runs in the same engine. I believe it. I believe it does. I'm almost certain that it does. Um, that's why those installs are stupid. They're like 120 gigs or something like that, because they have this um, all these uncompressed assets that the game engine uses, and it's it just eats up your hard drive really bad. Um, but that was a bit. Mm -hmm. It's possible that like we'll see like an announcement for this, and it'll be like so amazing, like oh my gosh, Rage Two looks great. But dude, like I I don't see this being anything good right now. If you yeah, have I, I the first Rage did do well. Um, we both you know critically, it and it wasn't panned, but it was you know, yeah. uh, but it wasn't it wasn't like super world received, and 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 people bought it because they were itching for an itch, an itch software shooter right they were itching for wolfers time for doom for quake uh i, I think rage it takes place on the set on the quake universe if i'm not wrong but it's interesting uh but one one that's really interesting joe that it's not on this list um uh, on the immediate list but on the on the complete walmart list is that a final fantasy 7 remake is listed for both both ps4 and xbox one um it, of course this was Unveiled uh, at the PlayStation conference in 2015, and saying that it will be coming. The wording that Adam Boyce used on that presentation was, "It will be coming first to PlayStation." So, it will. It's it's definitely time exclusive. Exclusive. Um, this this yeah. Well, well see, <laughs> see, see, that's, see that's the difference. That that's the difference. Adam Boyce never said exclusive. <laughs> First, He's on. first on PlayStation, right. when when uh, when Rise of the Tomb Raider was Tomb announced Raider. as an exclusive, and then you see Phil Spencer going around in circles, not answering the question whether the game's exclusive or not. So you know, and then in uh, a matter of, the of time, it's showing up on PS. Yeah, PS. Yeah, it, it it was a year. Like it was it was exclusive on Xbox for three months. It came out on PC in January of that on the of the following year. <laughs> Uh, like the, I think the game was released in October, yep. came out on PC in January after a holidays, and it came out in September on on PS4. So, and whatever, uh, you know, I heard the game's good, so no, I'm not I'm not tossing on the game. No, I'm, no, I'm, I'm 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 just pooping on the marketing. It's the delivery, <laughs> right, right? Yeah, 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 exactly. First on PlayStation, <laughs> exactly. Um, but interesting stuff. Uh, I mean, we'll see if some of this is real or not. We'll, I guess we'll find out in a few weeks. Um, but, um, yeah, uh, some leaks out there and some crazy stuff. I've, we've already seen some leaks for supposed leaks for Microsoft and Nintendo. So um, we'll see where all this goes. Um, 
and I, I still can't wait for that for that show, man. I'm really pumped for it. I can't wait. Same, same, man. So, you guys so got to tune in for our live one. You got to do it. Yeah, remember time that Monday night, June 11th, 8 p.m. I'm gonna plug it in again. <laughs> no, seriously, seriously, guys. Yep. Um, Joe, uh, going into the mini system fever, uh, SNK, which came back from the dead a couple of years ago. Uh, <laughs> um, the SNK, long story short, uh, they are the uh, makers of the Neo Geo console and, of course, the arcade board. Um, they merged with Playmore in the early 2000s and, I believe, filed from, for bank, bankruptcy, if I'm not wrong, 2008-2009, and um, they were acquired by, uh, I think, a company for either Taiwan or China, um, and they refocused, right? They started to do pachinko machines for the Japanese market, mobile games for China, uh, but someone inside that organization had um, a good idea, which is, hey, how about we give stuff to the hardcore guys that are out there that will always support it SNK. So SNK in the last few years had a resurgence. They're coming back really strong into games, putting a lot of stuff of their classic stuff out there uh, on modern consoles. Uh, of course, King of Fighters 14 did really well. Uh, and they're uh, coming out with a uh, with another fighter, uh, with the old girl fighter, fighter that's coming out. The name escapes right now. Um, but a lot of people are excited about that if you're into fan service and whatnot. So uh, that's uh, that's pretty cool. But they are putting out a uh, an arcade mini, Joe. Uh, it basically looks like a mini arcade, uh, like a uh, a bar top arcade. Um, it's really interesting. It's really tiny uh, from the specs that we've gotten. It's a three and a half inch screen. Uh, the thing's about a foot tall. Uh, it does have uh, a, an, an arcade joystick so it does have you know micro switches and it has four uh four arcade buttons like the arcade this thing has in the back an hdmi out and it has a controller port uh the controllers show uh look really interesting to me because they look like they they are basically the same controllers as the neo geo cd system had uh, which was a very interesting controller because the d-pad wasn't exactly a D-pad. It actually had switches inside, so it clicked when you when you press, you know, left and right. The the pad actually clicked. It wasn't a digital pad. Uh, so pretty interesting stuff. Um, no price yet. I am very interested in this thing because um, Neo Geo was um, was the the unicorn, right? It was the mythical system that was really expensive no one ever had it the games were really expensive you know the system was six hundred dollars when it came out i remember seeing it in the stores and you know r.i.p bad because they got bought out by gamestop of course but i remember seeing this the the console in babbages and it was six hundred dollars the games were anywhere from 200 to 350 this was like arcade you know 100 percent arcade experience at home um, so I'm curious to see what the pricing on this thing is going to be um, because I like it. I never own a, an SNK piece of, you know, anything basically other than uh, actual ports of games. Like I do have, you know, some of the King of Fighters on uh, King, King of Fighters 13 on PS3. Um, I do have some other uh, re-releases, you know, Margot the Wolves on Vita on PS4 and, and Last Blade 2. But I have never owned like SNK hardware, so I am really excited for this thing. I'm hoping that it's not too expensive because it looks pretty neat too. I mean, you get a mini arcade, man. I like it, dude. It was like 40 games were preloaded on it, right? Yeah, 40 um, games. This is cool. the It's for the 40th anniversary, so you get a, a game a year. Basically. It's awesome. It's awesome, yeah. and like I love that. Like they have their Japanese one and then their international one. Like that's like you can use in the international North America, you know, into regions. I love. I love that their their market because stuff like this, you'd be like, oh man, maybe it's just gonna be in Japan, or you know, maybe it's just gonna be North America. But letting everyone experience it is pretty awesome. Like you said, there's a lot of like nostalgia going on right now with these retro games, and uh, perfect opportunity where the technology exists where you can 
bring back those 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 games or those platforms, but do it in a way that works with newer technology or is more feasible, right? NES, Super NES, HDMI outputs, th these kinds of understandings of like taking this back to some things, but letting it be functional for today and also reintroduce introducing it to those that maybe never experienced this but always heard about it. Now they can actually go out to the store and buy one of these or buy it online, right? So I just think I, I think this is great all around, dude. It's 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 a, it's a great great story, and happy to hear another retro gaming uh, platform being made available. Yeah, and it does come with the best games in the series. You know, it comes with the best King of Fighters. It comes with the Metal Slugs, um, Samurai Showdown. So you do have a lot of value on this thing. The the only thing again would be they need to price it right. If the price is right, this thing's gonna fly off, and it's probably gonna be impossible to get. I'm depending on the pricing. I will try and get one because gotcha. it looks really neat. Yeah, uh, I'm still I'm still shopping around for like NES clones and whatnot, uh, Super NES clones. But uh, it's just that um, the the one I like is the uh, the analogs uh, um, Super Mini NT uh, or the Mini Super NT, whatever it's called. Um, but it's two hundred dollars, and I'm like, I don't, I don't want to spend that money if I'm just gonna be casually using it. Uh, that's half a PS4 Pro. <laughs> I would rather invest in that. You know, that's that's the way I think about it. You know, yeah, you and I have had this conversation of things that equate to half a PS4 Pro. Or <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, we we had a, we had a conversation this morning about that. We did. We did. <laughs> oh, that's good. That's good. But yeah, I, I'm hoping that this thing is accessible. Um, because I I am definitely interested, and I will try to get one. It's pretty neat, man. So, Joe, finally, Nintendo decided that the Switch needs an, an online service. service. Um, this, of course, was delayed. Uh, this service was to be released September of last year. It will be releasing September of this year. Um, the what They're calling it Nintendo Switch Online. Uh, so that's going to be the name of the service itself. Um, and it is pretty affordable. Um, you know, it's $20 for the year, you know, $19.99 for 12 months. And if you need a family membership, it's $34.99 a year. And you can have up to eight profiles on the same device. So... Uh, pretty interesting stuff that they're doing. Uh, I'm not going to go over the monthly in three months uh, because it's – why? It's not worth it. <laughs> well, I just – I mean, the biggest thing I'd say is that the price is good, dude. Like, it's yeah. it's a great – it's a good price. If you're a family, 40 bucks, And then if you're someone who just wants to get for the year, like $12 for the whole year, I think is what it was, or, or 20 bucks or something 20 like that. Bucks, yeah, 20 bucks, yeah, 19 20 bucks for the whole year, like – I mean, that the, I'm by myself, a single dude, or whatever, and I just get paid twenty bucks, and I have online service to play uh, Mario Kart online with other people. Like, heck yeah. yeah! I mean, it just makes sense, and it's 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 fair. Yeah, and of course, you know, um, this basically games are gonna transition, right? When this comes out, uh, games that are have online multiplayer will get blocked. You need the service in order for you to continue playing. Now that they the only th they they announced that the games that are going to uh, suffer of that are going to be Splatoon 2, ARMS, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, Mario Tennis Aces, Sushi Striker, and uh, and Sushi Striker. So those are the games. Like Street Fighter, uh, Ultra Street Fighter 2 is not going to suffer from it. Uh, I'm assuming, Joel, that when, they, when this service launches, Smash for Wii U is going to launch. Absolutely. Yeah, like this is, has to be like the same day. Um, What's interesting, two things uh, about about this service, Joe. They're the big one for me, really. If you own a Switch, you finally get cloud saves. So if your Switch dies, you won't lose your two hundred. Yeah, you won't lose your two hundred hours of uh, Zelda Breath of the Wild. You know, <laughs> because oh I, I've heard stories about. And I was like, hey, two hundred and twenty hours on Zelda, and they're gone because the Switch died. So now you finally get cloud saves. So your data is going to be your your game saves are going to be backed up. Um, they are going to have what they're calling Nintendo Enter Nintendo Entertainment System Nintendo Switch Online, which is a very long name. Uh, <laughs> but uh, it's basically at launch. This will have twenty NES games um, that you will be able to play 
for free included on the service and you will be able to play them offline so if you install those game install those games on the switch those games are going to be available for you uh, in the, that game list is you know the original legend of zelda mario 1 mario 3 the original donkey kong uh, ice climbers there's a uh, you know 20 really decent games uh on that list and uh i guess the plan uh what they announced is that they will be adding more games as time goes so this would be an expanding service and hopefully this would expand into like super nintendo stuff because super nintendo stuff compared to nes games super nintendo games still hold up you know both graphically and sound and of course gameplay so super nintendo would be like a like a really big deal if those games become available on the platform that's going to be a big deal i saw a bunch of fanboys complaining but where's the virtual concert the virtual console oh this is your virtual console right they're not calling it virtual console anymore that used to be you know a a, a buzzword name or you know and now they they changed their strategy so you knew this was coming get used to it don't be a crybaby there. Um, but uh, but yeah, Joe. Um, what, what do you think, man? Is is Nintendo doing the right moves? Is are they are they falling a little behind compared to PS Plus? I mean, yeah, some might say it's late, but I don't think so. Just because if their platform's doing so well, right? You have the Nintendo Switch yeah. still selling like ridiculous. People are happy with it. Yeah, I think the problem comes with late adoption. Like that, people are not going to be happy with it when you start having some of these games that slid off. They're going to suffer to this that you're going to be forced to buying this but if you're forced to buy this thing and it's looking at the price point of what they have it at it's fair um i it's think that's same, it's a good price the same way i feel about ps plus like if i pay 60 bucks for the whole year to have this ps plus you know subscription like i feel like i'm it feels like a steal in some ways because it's like think about it and that the, you get the multiplayer access online and then you get these free games every month with this situation, I just think that Nintendo, um, they're strengthening the support for these multiplayers and the online platform and, and, and you know having these online backups. They're giving you more features, but they're being able to support it. When I say that, it's like you, you, everyone wants this stuff, but they want it for free. And they have to understand like it's a lot of work that goes into running these servers and going into maintaining these and maintenance. Absolutely. making sure to have a, a, a cost-friendly revenue system that people are willing to put this money into it because they want to play our access to these these features, but then on the flip side, understanding that um, you know this helps Nintendo to sustain themselves by offering these these new features. It just it's just a brilliant move all around, uh, and it, and it's something that I, I think it, it makes sense. So yeah, it could seem a little late, but I don't think it's that huge of a deal. I think they'll be just fine. Yeah, and, and like you said, the the. Switch has been wildly popular. They've already got a decent lineup for this year. Uh, we all know Smash is coming in. Uh, what, I, what I'm basing is probably going to be sometime in September. So um, they made some announcements. Uh, we'll see what they announced in the AD3. Um, they don't have any big, big things announced yet for this year other than Smash. Um, they they really went all out last year, right? That and that's what they needed to nail. They needed to nail the launch, and they did it. So now they can, you know, have an okay year in 2019, and maybe have a stronger. Uh, uh, I mean, 2018, and then have a stronger 2019 uh, when it comes to uh, putting stuff out on the platform. Uh, we've already known that, you know, there's already a, a Pokemon game in the works. Uh, Adrian Uma says that he's already working on working on the next Zelda. Um, I'm assuming Miyamoto is working on the next Mario project with uh, whatever team he's uh, giving the project to. Um, Metroid's coming sometime next year, I think. Uh, that's one of my, you know, we'll talk about it more during the, the E3 show. But, yeah, I think they're doing the right thing. I mean, they're, they're giving people what they need right now, which is, like, we need to get people cloud saves. We need to get people, uh, you know, uh, the ability to play retro games on on our system, um, and at the same time, like you said, this thing costs money, right? 
uh, running server farms and, 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 and data centers and all this stuff costs a lot of money. So, you know, I'm, I'm sure Nintendo needs the extra uh, uh, push. Uh, they're doing, they're still doing really well with uh, just the Switch sales, but uh, this would definitely uh, help them quite a bit. It would help them to, to sustain it, right? They need exactly. to sustain the success. Yeah, they, they exactly. Uh, that's you know one of the big issues that the Wii U had is you know they they weren't able to keep the ball rolling. Things were taking too long to make. Uh, based on rumors that I've heard from development, it was that oh Nintendo was having a hard time figuring out how to make HD graphics work. I was like, it's been going on for six years. What's going on, guys? So, uh, you know, there was a, there was a few things that, that went wrong with the Wii U when the Wii U came out. But uh, the Switch is doing great. Uh, I still want one. It's just that I have so little time to, to actually sit down and enjoy games that it, it, it's really hard to me to, you know, put in 500 bucks on this thing and i'm saying 500 because buying the switch plus accessories plus games you know um would set me back you know 500 bucks so just to me to excuse that amount of money just to have something that i'm not going to use I- i'm going to be i'm going to feel terrible so uh that's why i haven't made the jump yet um but uh, we'll see and uh yeah nintendo's doing great um they're gonna do good with this thing hope i'm hoping that their service <laughs> works uh, and they don't have any issues, um, but Nintendo fans are forgiving, right? Uh, they are the most forgiving of of the all the fan bases out there. So uh, I'm sure they'll do they'll do great. And you know, people people are going to jump in it once they announce you know the retro game platform and what all game what all the games included are going to be and whatnot. Uh, people are just going to jump in it. So I agree. I agree, man. It's it, it's great. You know, good good for Nintendo. Another successful um, comp competitor out there in the, the gaming market, and we love to see these guys do well. Absolutely. Joel, that's what I got. We don't have anything else, man. Take it away. Yeah, yeah dude. I mean, right now as we're uh, recording this, right now the uh, Han Solo um, world premiere is going on, and so I'm really eager to see once this ends what the reactions are going to be the instant because they're going to be allowed to do uh, social media instant reaction i've been very skeptical of this movie obed so i'm sure next week maybe we'll have a little discussion about the reactions to the early reactions to, to han solo right but uh, with that being said we got so much great stuff here in the little town stuff obed talked about with e3 coming up uh, you know a live show on june 11th and predictions before and after but anyways guys we want to thank you so much for making special time out of your day to listen to us here at No Low Time. Uh, if you go ahead and stay connected with us by following us on social media at No Low Time, that's at No Low Time on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Twitch. Uh, if you also are listening to this right now via podcast, uh, you can go ahead and subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud. If you're watching us, you can subscribe to us here on YouTube. That really helps out. Like the video, drop a comment, uh, share with others. If you're a subscriber on iTunes, go ahead and drop us a review. That really helps us out as well. Uh, and then in addition to all this, we also want to have your feedback, right? So as you're connected with us, or you're hearing these episodes, we want to hear from you. So go ahead and send an email to nolotime at gmail.com. It's nolotime at gmail.com. Questions, feedback, uh, what have you. We, we look forward and enjoy reading what some of you have to say, especially as we get into some very passionate, very interesting episodes. You don't have to always agree with us. That's the, the power of the internet. We can hear each other, but uh, we'd love to hear back from you guys. So thank you so much again, and we look forward to our future episodes having you with us. Thank you, guys, and we'll see you guys on the next show. 